Hello, everyone. Welcome to Impact Business Group's Job Talk. So we have with us our owner, Matt Peel. How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing well, Mark. How are you today? We also have Kurt Wilbrandt, who is one of our uh, senior account managers. How are you doing, Kurt? I'm doing well. How about you, Mark? I am doing fine. Uh, and actually, Kurt, I think you're the one that came to me with this topic idea. So uh, let's let's introduce it to our listeners. Uh, so we've, we've had... Uh, I'm sure over the years many times, but specifically lately, you had a, a few instances of uh, uh, job offers that kind of went awry with the salary negotiation kind of derailing. Would that be a fair assessment? Yeah, I think it's been a trend recently where individuals, when they're interviewing on their own, aren't quite sure how to navigate talking about salary. And we've also seen where salary expectations change as a candidate goes through the whole interview cycle. And so I thought what we would talk about is just how to best position yourself to get the best offer uh, when you're interviewing, whether it's through an agency or on your own. Okay. So I'll, I'll throw the first question out to you then, Matt. Uh, if, uh, if an employer has not advertised or given a salary range, uh, or maybe they're not willing to really bring it up during the first interview, like what, what should a candidate do at that, in that situation? Well, this is Kurt's idea, and you're going to lob the first hand grenade <laughs> to me. That's great. So, yeah. I, again, right from the seat I sit in anyway, as we, we talk through this uh, interview process or preparatory process with a candidate, is we – equip them with some questions to ask as it pertains to salary. Um, meaning, can you give me a, a target comp range that this position is looking to pay? Um, a lot of times the HR person will back into it by asking the candidate what their current compensation target is and are you flexible to a range of X to Y? So we encourage the candidate to ask the, the question, what's the target comp range for this role? Um, nine times out of 10 as a recruiting group, we can provide that information up front prior to uh, the interview or even the, the uh, I guess, the uh, acceptance to take a look at that particular role. So we do share that with them of what the target comp is and, and hopefully have that done up front. But that's a good question somebody can ask that isn't aware or not utilizing a recruiter of saying, hey, can you give me a sense of what the salary range is for this role? Yeah. And uh, I'll throw that in as a side point that working with a staffing uh, group like us, that's that's a benefit that we will let you know what the salary range will be uh, and discuss that a little bit ahead of time before you even actually talk to the employer. Whereas if you're just applying directly to the employer, you may not know when they may not divulge it quickly. So so that's something that'll, that we can help prepare candidates with that type of information before they even get to talk to the employer. Absolutely. We don't want to fail anyone in the process. We want to make sure the candidate is, is within the target range and acceptable uh, to be presented in that target range. And the same thing on the client. We don't want to bring them forward a candidate that a, a, they can't afford, or B, you know, isn't in their their compensation target. So we don't want to waste anybody's time in that process. So we are very transparent and and that upfront with candidates. Yep. So Kurt, I'll I'll toss over the next question to you then. Um, when when a candidate wants to discuss salary expectations, when we get to that point, um, and if they're especially if they're looking for a big increase, what's what's a good way to do that? Uh, to say, okay, I'm, I'm making 60 right now, but I'm really looking to make 100 or whatever the case may be. So what's a good way to 
for a candidate to position themselves to do that uh, without making it look like, like, why are you asking for such a big increase? Right. Well, I think we avoid talking about the, the 60 they're making today, uh, if at all possible. Uh, part of figuring out how to get the best offer is to one, understand the market, understand for their skills what has been advertised by other employers, uh, because the market really dictates what salary ranges a company is willing to spend. And whenever you throw out a specific number, you as a candidate, you, you run two risks. One, you throw out a number that's $1,000 too high and the employer decides not to talk to you further. Uh, the bigger fear is that you throw out a number too low and then you end up leaving some money on the table. Uh, there's plenty of times when a candidate's own pay situation is somewhat outside of the norm for the market and they're trying to you know, play catch up by making their next job move and trying to get into a more market competitive salary. So best thing to do is figure out what other firms have been paying and then when you're asked questions about compensation, target your answers towards what you're seeking to make a move. But I wouldn't probably give a very specific number. I'd give a range because you want to give yourself some wiggle room because in the end, the employer is going to look at what are we paying people doing the same work that you can do. That's called internal equity. And then whatever offer they would make you needs to fit within that, you know, to be competitive as well as be fair to the people who've already been doing that job. So Best to have a range in mind as opposed to a specific amount, just so you have some wiggle room as you go through the interview cycle. Okay. And uh, should that range, do you think that range should be a little higher than what they are actually willing to accept? Meaning start a little higher and negotiate down, or should they try to target it as closely as possible to what they actually think they're going to get? Um, that's, that's kind of the answer to that's not a simple answer because it's, it's so individualized to the, to the person, the skill set that they bring to the table, any unique, uh, experiences that they have to offer an employer. Um, generally, you know, the whole bid high and hope for, you know, something between what you really need and that number, um, you know, it really isn't eBay out there, you know, in terms of a bidding strategy. It's best to, you know, have a number in mind, have done the homework to know that it's realistic for the market, and then to offer, you know, a range close to that number. Overshooting the mark again could just rule you out of consideration where you never get the chance to talk to the employer. And what we don't want to do is create a lot of mystery or drama around salary. You know what you're earning today. You know roughly where you would like to be to make a change. And so when you're asked about your expectations, you want to give an answer that comes across in the right zone for you to make that move, but also gives you a little bit of flexibility to negotiate as you move through an interview cycle. Okay. So just to, just to tap into that salary increase part again. So if uh, somebody is looking to maybe, uh, maybe they're the assistant controller going to be a controller, they're moving from one role to the next where they're expecting a, a bit of a bump. So what, what are some things that a candidate could do to prepare or research or have, have ready to show that they are worth that big increase that they're asking for? Is there something they could do or is it just going to depend on the role? Um, well, there's always things that they can do in terms of preparing a resume that, you know, sh- 
points right out to the employer. Here are the experiences that I've had and here are the business results I've generated from my work. You know, demonstrating worth, demonstrating, you know, basically the ROI of what, what, it, what would it bring to the employer uh, to hire them. And, you know, there's certainly a lot of research you can do on the web in terms of what are different salaries that are out there for different skill sets. And if you know for a fact your skill set is not being, you know, paid at market level, you know, you want to have a resume that demonstrates you should be paid at a higher level because resume will kind of drive how the interview goes. And the goal is to discuss those things that, uh, are desirable to a new employer so that they will make you the best possible offer. Yep. And just as a, a side note too, as a more generic resume tip is to uh, try to always put down achievements uh, as your bullet points, as opposed to just job tasks that you did. So I'll, I'll just throw that out as a bonus tip uh, for this resume writing purposes. Um and uh, so the other thing that I know both of you had mentioned, and I'll, I'll toss the, the topic out to both of you, uh, uh, kind of share your experiences and, and feedback on it. But we've had candidates that'll come in and say, yep, I'm, I'm looking for this range. Uh, and then you go through the, the interview and you talk to the employer, they're all good with it. And then as you get to a later point, they're like, well, actually, you know what? I, I, what I need is 5,000 more than what I told you earlier, or 10,000 more. So that kind of creates a bad situation. So I'll, I'll toss it out to, I'll start with Matt, um, get your thoughts on when that's happened and, um, and uh, what your, your suggestions are for uh, candidates who might want to take that approach. And again, it's, it's a double-edged sword. There's not a perfect answer for this. Um, the easier answer for me is to segue on your resume tip and say resume tip number two is as you're putting in the resume, make sure you talk specific accomplishments, but also uh, about the industry that you're working in and have worked in, the size of the organization, et cetera. So the reader gets a sense of of your experiences, right? Both functional, technical, industry, and how large of a group. So that's in, uh, resume tip number two. But back to your, your, your question about um, the shift in compensation and and the shift in saying, hey, I, I know I said X, but now I need X plus five. Um, and it's it's a tough conversation. Most of the client organizations that we deal with um, are coming at it very, very straightforward. Here's our comp target. Here's our range. We do have some flexibility. We're being transparent with you, Mr. and Mrs. Candidate. We're asking for the same in return. And uh, more often than not, uh, that post-negotiation or shift in compensation leaves a bad taste. Um, and the last thing you want to do and come in from a candidate standpoint, starting a new job uh, of having that target uh, on your back going, okay, you wanted five grand more, let's, uh, your leash just got exponentially shorter. Um, so, you know, there's that side of the, the, the equation and, and, and that side of the coin. Um, what, led to this podcast and talking about this is all over uh, LinkedIn. You hear uh, advice from, from recruiters and offering insights, supporting that type of, uh, of approach. Um, Wait till you get the offer and then basically stick it, stick it to them, right. And, or try to stick it to them. And um, I, I, I just, 
I've not seen that yield positive results. There may be a client that says, okay, great, we'll do it. But understand from a candidate standpoint coming in, you've, you've painted even a bigger target on your back going, okay, um, is this an indicator of how this person works in the, in the work environment too? I.e., here's a project deliverable. We have a project deliverable that's due, you know, next week. Are you coming in at the ninth hour going, yeah, well, I know I said X, but it's now, my deadline's now two weeks out. So um, those, that taste in one's mouth is is not positive when you throw curveballs in, in, the, in the bottom of the ninth, if you will. Right. So uh, I think, Kurt, you made, you gave a good analogy um, to me when we talked about this off sort of offline. <laughs> um, you compared it to somebody buying a car and you, you come in, make an offer, they accept it. Then when you actually come in to pick up the car, they're like, hey, I'm going to top top this price up by 5000 bucks. So that's kind of a good analogy. Um, so I don't know if you wanted to add anything to what Matt was just saying there. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, that analogy, you know, puts the the onus on the other side of the table. Uh, it's just not viewed as positive or professional. And so I would say the only, only exception to that might be the case where a candidate gave an employer an honest number of what they needed they were actively interviewing in the market with, say, multiple firms. And because everything is so competitive today, maybe they do get one or two offers or three at the same time. And in the case where another firm may be offering a few more dollars to entice the candidate to join, but maybe this first employer is the one they really would like to work for, that might be the only exception to the rule where they would have an opportunity that's viewed as legitimate to say, you know, I know we discussed that amount. However, the market has brought me a couple of other offers that are a little bit higher. I really would like to work for you, but are you able to uh, meet, you know, maybe the higher offer that they've been given? And sometimes it's not so much what you say, but how you present it in terms of you're looking for additional flexibility as opposed to making a demand. In West Michigan, we're pretty down to earth, you know, business environment where everybody wants to work as openly and honestly as they can with each other. And in that case, that might be the only exception I can see where you could ask for more at the point of the offer because business circumstances have shifted and, you know, it is a competitive marketplace. But I would not advise anyone to have the strategy of I'll tell them low and when I get the offer because now they want me, then I will raise, you know, the dollar amount that I truly need. That would just be viewed as is dishonest behavior in terms of uh, trying to negotiate the best deal for yourself. It's kind of a bait and switch. And as consumers, none of us would ever tolerate that with any of the different vendors and businesses that we, we personally do business with. Yep. Absolutely. I agree with all of that. And um, we might also have a different type of situation where somebody is, you know, uh, interviewing for new jobs and then all of a sudden their current employer says, well, okay, we'll, we'll bump your pay by X dollars uh, if you stay with us. Um, what's been your experience with that type of situation? Well, that's the traditional, I guess, counter offer 
where a current employer uh, magically finds more money for an individual once they've decided to leave. And there's really two forms of that. There's the counteroffer that's given once you announce you're leaving and turn in your notice, but there's also what we call a preemptive counteroffer where the boss is somehow suspected that you may be out, you know, checking the market to see what you're worth. And so they magically come up with a raise out of the blue to try and preempt you from continuing to interview. Uh, typically in those scenarios, it's not a very good um, situation to be in either way as the candidate, uh, because once an employer figures out you're looking or they do know you're going to leave, while they may give you more money to stay, it's usually a temporary situation while they search for your your future replacement. Uh, I've seen very few cases where that type of counteroffer actually works to the individual's advantage. And so if there's been enough strife to have you look at the market and find a company you want to go to work for, best advice I would give, and there's lots of you know articles out on the web that speak to it, would be to just thank your employer for their, their kind thoughts, but then keep on moving and move to that new employer and that new situation. Yep. Um, and I'll, I'll, uh, bring the next topic to you, Matt, since uh, we already touched on it a little bit earlier in, in this episode here, but if you're working with a staffing agency such as ours or a, a recruiter, uh, what are some ways that we could help a candidate with their salary negotiation that they, they're just not going to have that type of resource on their own? Um, certainly backing into it and on what Kurt just said, right? At the time of offer, our great value there is is the danger of counter offers, right? Most candidates are looking at the job market. Um, compensation is important, but environment, culture, team, product, um, company, et cetera, are, are usually the top three. Comp comes in fourth place. So when you get that curveball at the end of saying, hey, we meant to tell you, but now we're giving you a 10 grand increase, right? We've got to help really share our experience, good, bad, and different on the danger of counteroffers because it is a temporary solution um, that is uh, putting a Band-Aid on, on uh, the fix. Um, the company that you're with, that you've accepted the counteroffer with, now knows you really are taking a look. And uh uh, you can bet your bottom dollar if, if somebody surfaces that has your equivalent skills or can fill that role, then then they're going to hire that person and, and remove you. So uh, it's really a dangerous recipe and a slippery slope um, by accepting and entertaining counter offers. So I think um, to what Kurt said, that's one of the biggest values that we can, can provide uh, a candidate uh, on the back end at the time of, of offer. Uh, we certainly add value in, in trying to address perceptions versus realities that pertains to compensation. We can add act as that mediary between the candidate and the client so it doesn't come across in a personal uh, way or a personal um, attack on, on one's benefit or compensation program. So uh, being that third-party liaison is... is uh, a great spot for us to be in. Um, we can level set expectations from the candidate side, as well as push back appropriately on the client side if uh, um, there's any gaps. So uh, those are huge advantages. Yeah, something else that I've heard overheard in conversations too is that um, you may have a client who'll say, "Well, 
after the interview is over, they'll say, well, yeah, we kind of like the, the candidate, but I think it's going to be a good match. Uh, and then we'll communicate and find out a bit more why. And it turns out that there's some sort of misunderstanding that happened or they thought maybe the candidate didn't have that skill when they actually do, those types of things. I don't know if maybe, Kurt, you can speak to that just a little bit uh, as far as some of the, the ways that working with somebody like us could help in that situation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's one of the, I think, most satisfying parts of what working for a staffing agency is we consult with both sides. We consult with the hiring authority. We consult with the candidate. We do that up front in terms of salary expectations on both sides. If the employer is aiming way too low, we let them know they're not going to find the talent they're looking for. And if a candidate is looking way too high, then we also help them understand what's going on in the marketplace. And as a candidate goes through the interview cycle, uh, a big part of our job is to follow up both with the candidate, see what they liked, see if there was anything they didn't like, and then uh, assess if there was something they didn't like, if it was just a miss perception or a miscommunication. And if so, then clarify that with the employer. If need be, have them talk again to make sure they're both on the same page. Uh, and so we do that for both sides of the equation. If the client, for some reason, got the wrong impression and it doesn't make sense, then we clarify that with the candidate as well. So the goal is to help both sides through what is a pretty artificial form of communication, which is interviewing. Nobody really enjoys doing it on either side of the table. And it's very easy to get the wrong impression from either side, considering the short amount of time that uh, both a candidate and a client end up talking to each other initially. So we just try to make sure that if it is a good match, we want to do everything we can to help both sides come together. And if it's not the right match, we're also very comfortable with helping both sides uh, take a step back from each other, uh, part friends, and then look for a better match for both the employer and for the candidate. Yep. So on that note, is there anything else uh, regarding salary negotiation or how to avoid having that sort of derail the whole potential opportunity? Anything else you guys wanted to add onto that? I guess the, in closing for me, right, each each client um, is different and unique in their approach. Um, and each interview should be treated as such. Don't apply a, a carte blanche strategy that uh, someone may find on the web or, or on LinkedIn uh, in this process, right? It's, it's be transparent, be straightforward, um, do your research, as Kurt said, to, to, to get the appropriate compensation range and uh, um, do your best to equip yourself heading in versus trying to, to, to throw the curveball at the, the offer stage and, and change your expectations. Yep. Any final thoughts, Kurt? Yeah, I would just say that, you know, take the approach when it comes to the whole salary negotiation process of uh, kind of following the golden rule. Treat the employer as you would want them to treat you. Candidates want just a fair market competitive offer for the skills and experiences they have. And employers, they just want to pay what is required to get a good candidate to join their team. So try to avoid any of the tricks, try to avoid anything that feels unnatural to you and just be direct with an employer in terms of uh, your expectations on compensation. But again, I would recommend using a range rather than any set dollar amount and show flexibility and adaptability to the employer as you go through that process. 
Yeah. So if there's anyone out there that maybe we didn't get to your question or any information you were looking for, uh, feel free to shoot us off a, an email, info at impactbusinessgroup.com, and we will uh, respond back to you uh, with any other questions that you might have on salary or otherwise. Uh, and uh, for those of you looking for job opportunities, please come to our website, impactbusinessgroup.com, or directly to our job board, which is jobs.impactbusinessgroup.com, and we update uh, pretty much daily with new opportunities in IT engineering, finance, accounting, some business administration process type of jobs as well, uh, HR marketing, uh, so on. So uh, please come visit us. Uh, uh, if you have any questions, we're on the live chat, shoot us an email, and we'll be happy to engage with you and, and see how we might be able to help. Uh, so with that, Kurt, Matt, thank you very much, and uh, we'll uh, hear from you all next time. Thank you. All right. thank, thank you, you. Mark. Thank you.